Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm bestselling author and co-creator of realeverything.com, Stacey Toth. I focus on being healthy inside and out through real life, food, and talk. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times bestselling author and creator of thepaleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Welcome back to the Paleo View. Hello, listeners. Hello, Sarah. Well, hello. I have to tell you, no, you don't, you already know this. I'm going to tell the listeners. You can thank me for both last week's collagen topic as well as this week's topic, which, although technically people submitted questions, we admittedly sometimes prioritize ones that are interesting to us. And I asked for Sarah to prioritize this and she tried to push it down the road a little bit. And I was like, no, no, we were going to do this topic next. (laughs) And then just a few minutes ago, she was telling me about how much research she had to do on what sounded like a relatively easy yet interesting topic, but evidently that's not the case, huh? No, it was, um, it was a, it was three or four episodes worth in terms of the time commitment for this particular topic. Um, and that's okay because I learned a lot of things. Um, you know, in part, sometimes topics, this was one that it, it got a little bit crazy because there's some really cool stuff in the science and then there's a lot of holes in terms of our knowledge. And whenever we hit those those boundaries of human knowledge, that's where you know trying to trying to isolate what what do we know versus what do we not know, that's always what becomes, I think, a really big challenge for me in terms of uh, just wrapping my head around the topic. But then also that becomes a big a big challenge in terms of communicating that knowledge, whether that's in the podcast or a blog post or in a book. Um, and I, I'm a person who really strongly believes in presenting the current state of knowledge and admitting the limits of human knowledge because we don't actually know everything as a species. I know that's going to be a shocker to our listeners um, <laughs> because we don't actually know everything. And if we... Uh, treat nutritional sciences or, you know, related topics, I would call this probably more in the alternative health sphere. Um, if we treat that as a, here's the the black and white, here's the answers, here's the uh, prescription of an optimal human diet that every single person must follow. I think if you, if you, if you try to distill it to this set of rules, as opposed to really admitting what we know and what we don't know and providing some of that nuance, I think you end up limiting your ability to, A, ever assimilate new information and actually allow your conclusions to change, you know, growth as a human being. Um, But it also, I think, limits your ability to communicate effectively. I really strongly believe that um, presenting these sort of nuanced and and complex topics, which this one uh, definitely is, um, I think that actually empowers everybody with more knowledge, allows everyone to self-experiment, to really be able to figure out what works best for them, and also allows everybody that's listening to this podcast to also be open to additional potentially contradictory information in the future. And that's okay. It's okay. If a new scientific study comes, you know, comes along that challenges our conclusions from previous research. That is a cool thing when that happens. So uh, all that to say, let's talk about mushrooms. <laughs> I like how you're just like, and we've been leading up to <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> so while we have a question to read, um, I think my question to you was kind of, 
I mean, should we really be putting mushrooms in coffee with the understanding that I just used the word should with comedic intention? So, um, why don't you, why don't you read the question? Comedic but, intention received laughter. I, it's stimulated. Yeah. But I want our listeners to know what the real question is. So funnily enough, we actually had two questions. Um, and I, um, both, uh, Jan and Anik wrote it, wrote us questions, um, uh, that were basically like, what's up with all these medicinal mushroom drinks? Um, I'm going to, to, read both questions because I think they, they, they both kind of ask the question a little bit differently. Uh, plus they both compliment us. So I have to write, read both of their questions. And for that we reason. know that that gets you far on the it's paleo. View. Super important. So Jan writes, Hey ladies, love your show. Thank you for everything that you do to help so many people be the best versions that they can be. I was wanting your thoughts on the medicinal mushroom drinks. I keep hearing about them and seeing ads for the four stigmatic drinks. I have several autoimmune diseases, so would love to know for that as well as for people who don't have autoimmune. And Anik writes, Bonjour, Sarah et Stacy. See how I did that right there? So are you, are you excited? No. Was that supposed that was to be funny? Yeah, you're supposed to uh, <laughs> comedic, comedic attention. <laughs> Got it. Laughter, Insert simulated. laughter here. Yeah. <laughs> we need a laugh track now. Uh, all right, I'll continue with Anik's question. I love your books and your podcast. The science you bring to health topics is so refreshing and helpful in navigating the tremendous amount of health claims we are bombarded with daily and weeding out the fads and those that are not scientifically proven. This brings me to my question. The new health push seems to be for including powdered mushrooms into our diet. Claims include increased energy and reduced fatigue, mental clarity, immune boosting properties, hormone balancing, etc. Is there any science that shows the benefits of including cordyceps, chaga, lion's mane, reishi into our diets? And if so, how long does it take for someone to feel the benefits of including these supplements into our diet? I'm particularly interested in the claims around reduced fatigue, increased energy, and immune-boosting properties. I do not have an autoimmune condition diagnosis yet, but I have been dealing with fatigue, congestion, and lots of colds in the last year, which continues to be unexplained by my medical doctor. While I know quick fixes don't work, if adding powdered mushrooms to my morning tea would help with energy, then why not? Lastly, I want to say a big thank you to Dr. Ballantyne for the Autoimmune Protocol Lecture Series. I took the six-week course and learned so much. I was already eating a paleo diet but saw tremendous benefits in fine-tuning my diet to see how it could help with my health challenges described above. I'm most grateful for the continued access to the course material. I messed up the reintroduction part and will now restart the course. Thank you both for all that you do and for your active social media info sharing. You set the standard high for evidence-based health information and make it accessible to all of us. It is highly appreciated. All the best, Anique. Oh, that's like the super nicest thing. I mean, my first my first point in my notes is to <laughs> thank you for, um, I mean, like, that's like a quotable testimonial in that question. So it's pretty awesome. Um, I also especially wanted to thank Anique for mentioning how much she enjoyed the Autoimmune Protocol Lecture Series. Um, there is going to be one more session in 2018. It's going to start Monday, September 10th. And it I just wanted to be the date for very special people to have been born, by the way. Uh, only the most special. The most special, for sure. I totally picked the day because of that. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm sure you were like, you know what Stacy wants more than anything on her birthday is for me to start a lecture yeah, series. Lecture series. <laughs> That's totally it. Um, so starting on Stacy's birthday, it's the next session of the AP lecture series. And as a like quick insider, wink, wink, nudge, nudge for podcast listeners, even though the landing page for the lecture series doesn't actually say it, you can actually go to my shop. So if you go to thepaleomem.com and click on the shop like little thing on the right-hand top corner and then select courses, you can actually pre-order the AIP lecture series and save $100 off. So it's, it's not – I don't like super advertise that. 
but our, our listeners are very, very special people. Um, and if you have heard me talk about the course before on social media or on the podcast and it sounds cool, but you're not sure if it's right for you, um, I did want to also mention that I am offering a free trial. You can find it in the same place under shop and courses. Um, and starting uh, now, pretty much, um, I'm going to start uh, offering rotating previews of a variety of lectures from the course. And that's the best way for you to kind of get a look inside, see what's included and figure out, you know, I, I realize that it's an investment. So I'm trying to give you as much of an opportunity to really figure out if it's a good fit for you. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, and this, neither Stacey or I are salesy people. Um, it's more about, I created this, this really amazing resource. And if it's a great fit for you, I want you to take advantage of it. And if it's not a great fit for you, then I'd like you to find a different resource created by somebody else that is a good fit for you. So um, I just, I kind of wanted to, to, to take that opportunity to, to mention the next session. Awesome. Well, what Mushrooms. if you are AIP because you took your course already and now you're wondering, <laughs> do I need more mushrooms? Uh, let's talk about edible mushrooms specifically. <laughs> and medicinal. See, Actually, I, I attempted to bridge you back there. Do you see that? I, I appreciate, I appreciate that little lasso. Um, so let's, let's specifically talk about medicinal mushrooms. Um, most of which are edible, but not actually all are. Um, but mushrooms just as a, or edible mushrooms, just as a, a family of, of foods are actually really nutrient dense. They're incredibly high in a variety of, of vitamins and minerals, but also, um, at some really unique carbohydrates and fiber types, um, including some types of fiber that are not found in vegetables or fruit or grains, or, you know, they're not found anywhere else in the, you know, cause they're mushrooms are fungi. So they're not even in the same kingdom as plants. Um, so they're not found in, in any of our other foods and also um, some really important phytochemicals. So mushrooms have uh, some really, really compelling nutritional value. Um, and then in terms of medicinal mushrooms, uh, you know, their use goes back literally thousands of years, uh, especially to the ancient Egyptian and ancient Chinese cultures. Um, a variety of uh, traditional uses for um, but there's something like a hundred species of medicinal mushrooms that have been used in Asia for, for a variety of traditional uses. Um, some of the most common ones that you might have heard of include almond mushroom, chaga, cordyceps, uh, coriolis, which is also called turkey tail, lion's mane, maitake, uh, masima, reishi, shiitake, and snow fungus. Those are probably the most common medicinal mushrooms. And uh, what's really cool is that there has really over the last 50 years or so, there's been an explosion of scientific studies looking at whether or not the traditional uses of these, uh, either these mushrooms as powdered and dried supplements or extracts of these mushrooms actually have the properties that make sense for their traditional uses in Eastern medicine. And there is a growing body of really compelling scientific research showing that different medicinal mushrooms or different extracts from different medicinal mushrooms do have uh, really awesome health-promoting properties. Um, and these properties span the gamut, so they include right, being strong antioxidants. That's not a big surprise if they're rich in phytochemicals. Uh, having cholesterol-lowering properties, having blood pressure-lowering properties, being uh, very, very uh, potently anti-inflammatory, reducing inflammation. But then a variety of immune modulatory effects. So uh, stimulating the immune system under some circumstances or suppressing the immune system under, under other circumstances, uh, potentially helping people fight infection, anti-cancer. We're going to talk about autoimmune disease as well. Um, their um, health promoting properties also include being uh, protective to liver and kidney health, uh, being uh, anti-diabetic, which means improving blood sugar regulation, um, helping uh, improve uh, healthy weight loss in obese people. Uh, the cancer protective it is a variety of different things. So it can um, protect against uh, DNA damage, against uh, mutations in DNA, against tumor growth, against metastases. Uh, it can um, 
uh, a lot of these medicinal mushroom extracts can stimulate the immune system in such a way that the immune system is better at detecting and killing cancer cells. Um, they have a variety of sort of antimicrobial properties, including antiviral properties. A lot of medicinal mushroom extracts have been studied for um, fighting HIV virus. So there's this this huge collection of like really, really cool properties. Um, and and actually some drugs have already been created uh, globally from mushroom extracts. Uh, so for example, there are uh, – I don't believe in America. I think they're being used in Europe, um, but I'm not entirely clear on that point. Um, but they're being used as adjunct therapies for cancer patients uh, who are undergoing something like chemotherapy that suppresses the immune system. So they're actually being given these mushroom extracts to help uh, boost immune function during their primary cancer therapy. So it's not, uh, there's certainly, you know, of all of those things, there's not, I don't want to um, ever even remotely imply the word cure. So the science pretty unequivocally shows that there's not a mushroom or mushroom extract that can cure cancer, but it may be an excellent adjunct to first-line therapies. So some really, really cool um, studies. And it's two different classes of compounds in mushrooms that are probably responsible for at least most of those effects. So one of those is the phytochemicals, um, predominantly phenolic compounds. Uh, so these are, it's a huge class of compounds. It includes things like flavonoids and tannins, uh, curcumins, um, uh, quinones, right? So these are some fairly familiar phenolic compound classes. Um, they are incredibly important antioxidants. We get them from a lot of different vegetables, um, but they're known to have uh, you know, anti-cancer effects, right? Anti-mutagenic effects. They're known to be anti-inflammatory. Um, they're known to um, really have a lot of specific effects on cellular health that can benefit our bodies. And there's a variety of phenolic compounds, a huge variety of phenolic compounds in mushrooms, including some really cool ones. So for example, mushrooms are really high in gallic acid. And gallic acid is not only a really important antioxidant, it actually can help detoxify heavy metals. So it actually chelates metals. So it binds with metals. And just, you know, it's a, it's a really cool chemical property of gallic acid. And mushrooms are really high. It's actually one of the, the uh, predominant phenolic compounds in mushrooms. So uh, there are certainly some explanations for the effects in uh, phenolic compounds. There's also uh, mushrooms are very, very high in triterpenes, which are a type, type of plant steroid. Um, and triterpenes have, there's hundreds of them. They have a variety of different sort of known properties, including uh, antimicrobial properties, including antivirus, anti-inflammatory, anti-diabetic, anti-cancer, antioxidant. They also can speed wound healing. So those are major candidates for a lot of the benefits of uh, these various medicinal mushrooms. But mushrooms are also, I sort of mentioned, uh, sources of some really unique uh, carbohydrates, including what are called glucans, which are uh, a polysaccharide, which basically means they're a complex sugar. Um, and they, the, so they're fairly long sugar uh, and they're this type of fiber. And there's about 300 different times, types of, of glucans that have been found in nature. Uh, so they basically have the same uh, basic a molecule that can then be linked together with all different types of links or branching. So it changes how long it is and that changes the chemistry. But they're um, a really, really common uh, sort of carbohydrate molecule. It's a sort of a fermentable fiber that is uh, very, very common in, the, in just fungi in general. Um, and there's a variety of them, so they can be soluble or insoluble, um, and it that's just depends on you know exactly what the chemistry is like. But the chitin fiber, which is a very unique fiber to mushrooms and has a variety of important um, 
health benefits in terms of feeding the night, you know, good species in the gut microbiome and producing really important bioactive molecules as, as, as it's fermented is a unique type of glucan that is found in mushrooms. So we know that um, these particular, you know, types of fiber increase diversity of the gut microbiome, which is the number one property of a healthy gut microbiome. It's a diverse gut microbiome. So the more species, the better. Um, it also supports the growth of important foundational and keystone species. So all of the good guys that we know uh, should be residents of every healthy human gut. Uh, these types of fibers feed preferentially. And they also increase uh, the percent of species of bacteria in our gut that are gram positive, which means they have a simpler uh, cell membrane that does not contain endotoxin or lipopolysaccharide, which is a very inflammatory protein found in gram negative uh, bacterial species. So that also means that as those bacteria are going through their normal life cycle in our gut, they are not releasing this very, very inflammatory protein into our guts, which can then be absorbed into our bodies. Now, what's cool about glucans is that they're, um, some of them are quite small molecules that actually appear to be able to bind to immune cells directly. So most of the effects of glucans seems to be mediated through the gut microbiome. But there is some research showing that they can actually bind to immune cells directly and modulate the immune system. So some of the effects are also direct. So I want to kind of summarize um, in a little bit more detail some of the effects of some of different mushrooms and get into this immune system effects because that's where um, the sort of differentiating between what's happening in cancer versus autoimmune disease becomes really important. But I also want to take a second here to sort of differentiate between mushroom extracts and whole mushrooms because the science is um, not super consistent on what it uses. So most medicinal mushroom extracts use what's called a double extraction process, and that's because these uh, you know, basically you know, different classes of phytochemicals and glucans, some of them are water-soluble and some of them aren't. So the typical extraction process uh, basically extracts everything that's water-soluble out of the mushrooms, basically by soaking them in water, um, and then it does an alcohol extraction to get out a whole pile of other um, chemicals that are not soluble in water. And then typically, in if you were just going to buy a medicinal mushroom extract or buy one of these teas with medicinal mushrooms, you're either going to get a like freeze-dried powdered version of a mushroom, which is the whole mushroom, every single compound that's in it, or one of these uh, extracts that's usually the double extract. So it usually has all of the water-soluble and alcohol-soluble compounds in one extract. But there are a variety of studies that have looked at specific compounds. So these extracts have hundreds, if not thousands of different compounds in them because it's a traditional preparation, right? It's not purified in a lab. Um, but a lot of the studies that have been done will take, they might just use the water-soluble or they might just use the alcohol-soluble fractions or they might take uh, a couple of individual, you know, phenolic compounds from that mushroom and test those. So when you're going through all of the uh, scientific studies, it becomes look uh, crazy really quickly in terms of dissecting, well, is this the whole mushroom or is this uh, a subset of, you know, is this like a, a whole extract, a double uh, extraction extract, or is this just the alcohol soluble or is this just the water soluble or is this a, just a few chemicals? And that becomes important because, uh, especially as we get into the details of what these um, mushrooms do to the immune system, probably whole mushroom or mushroom extracts that include this huge collection of compounds has a more balanced effect than just taking one molecule or another molecule and looking at those effects. Taking one molecule or another molecule is really, really great for drug discovery. And we do know that there are active, there's active research trying to identify you know, what is the 
cancer fighting molecule out of, you know, reishi mushrooms, for example. Um, so that's really great for drug discovery. But in terms of understanding the supplement aspect, it's more relevant for us to look at what happens in terms of the whole mushroom or uh, an extract that includes thousands of different compounds. So I, I wanted to, because there's a few key uh, medicinal mushrooms that are hitting a lot of products that are being marketed to our community and you know alternative health communities in general. And I wanted to sort of summarize what those particular mushrooms are well known for. I mean, most of them have antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, immune modulatory, and anti-cancer effects, um, but some of them more so than others. So let me just kind of go through this like key point form, what these different mushrooms do. Um, reishi is probably probably the best studied medicinal mushroom. So it has uh, beneficial ef effects in uh, lung infections. It actually acts as an expectorant, which means it helps uh, eliminate mucus from the lungs. It's liver protective. It reduces blood pressure. It improves exercise performance. It reduces allergies, reduces ulcers, uh, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, help fight infection. It can reduce anxiety and depression. It actually acts as an adaptogen, so it impacts adrenal functions, but as a relaxer, and it also has anti-diabetic properties. Um, and it really does probably have the, the strongest body of scientific literature supporting its various, the, all of these various uh, qualities. Maitake uh, can reduce blood pressure. It's anti-cancer, protects the liver. It also helps improve our ability to fight infection and has anti-diabetic properties. Shiitake, Again, immune modulator, anti-cancer, antimicrobial, antiviral, and bacterial. Again, protects the liver, can aid with weight loss, anti-diabetic, can reduce cholesterol. Um, and uh, it's, it's also got a fairly substantial amount of, of research behind it. Um, I think in part, too, because it's such a common edible mushroom. Like you can find shiitake in just about any grocery store now. Chaga, again anti-inflammatory, immune regulation, helps us fight infections, anti-cancer, strong antioxidant, reduces cholesterol, reduces uh, blood pressure, improves performance. And chaga is also adaptogenic. So, and again, as a relaxer. So it basically is suppressing uh, the cortisol release in response to stress. Uh, lion's mane has some cool um, brain function enhancing properties. So there's some interesting studies looking at uh, recovery from various types of, of brain injury or neurodegenerative uh, disease where lion's mane can actually help improve uh, brain function. Then it also has anti-cancer, uh, anti-inflammatory, immune regulating effects. It's also uh, has anti-diabetic effects, it lowers cholesterol, and it also can help reduce gastric ulcers. Cordyceps, uh, also an adaptogen, but this one's an energizing adaptogen. So um, very, you, very, yeah. When you hear the word cordyceps, does it not remind you of like that nature ant video? Wasn't that the like partial name of that fungus? Now I'm going to have to look it up, aren't I? Uh, the, the ant, the ant, the zombie ant? Yeah. Yes, I think you're right. What? I remembered something science-y. So, I mean, it had to do with zombies. <laughs> exactly. Ant zombies. Uh, anytime, anytime I hear that word, that's all I can think of. So I it must be what it is. I don't think eating this mushroom makes you a zombie. So just, you know, I think this is a zombie-free zone with this mushroom. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's an energizing adaptogen, uh, which is uh, one that you would use if your cortisol is too low. So if you have, you know, adrenal fatigue where your cortisol is too low um, or at a time of day where your cortisol is too low, um, it uh, improves exercise performance. So it has some some interesting effects on muscle health. It's also anti-inflammatory. It can help us fight infection. It's anti-cancer. It's liver protective. It's anti-diabetic. And super bonus for cordyceps, it's a natural aphrodisiac. Uh, and Maybe that was because the, you become a zombie. Maybe. Um, <laughs> that could be. I mean, no judgment. It's fine. Uh, turkey tail, which I also think is the funniest name of all of these mushrooms, um, is again probably sort of tied with reishi for being one of the best studied, especially in terms of helping to fight cancer. So there's a lot of um, – there's actually 
some uh, mushroom extracts from turkey tail that are being used as uh, a way to help protect immune function in chemo patients. Um, so it's it's very, very good at sort of stimulating immune function when the immune fun- system is suppressed. Um, and it also, there's some interesting studies showing that it can help fight HIV infections, which is uh, pretty interesting. And then almond mushroom is another one. Uh, I don't believe that almond mushroom is edible. I think it's one of the ones that you can only get as a uh, medicinal extract. Um, so, but it has, again, immune regulatory effects, antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, and reduce allergies. So all of that implies pretty strong effects on, on the immune system. So when you say that the almond mushroom is available only as, would you say a supplement? Yeah. So just a lot. So there's certain, um, mushrooms that are not considered edible. So you can't like buy them as food. And sometimes they're not considered edible because they're like, taste disgusting um, or they're like super woody. So it's not necessarily that they're like poisonous mushrooms that are going to make you like have hallucinations, um, but rather they're not considered edible for, for other reasons. So the only way that you get them is as a supplement form. So they're either uh, freeze dried and powdered or they're, they're made into an extract. So people can, have access to that, right? If that's if that's mm. something that I guess what I'm trying to understand is if we're not sure about whole mushrooms being able to deliver on all of these, it's it's possible, um, but it's not exactly sure because all the science is being done on different concentrated versions. Like, is that what people are accessing when they are putting if when they're buying like mushroom coffee, or is that something else? to potentially add if you're looking at improving your immune function, for example? So I would definitely not recommend self-medicating with mushroom extracts, um, but rather, you know, find a functional medicine specialist, uh, somebody who's really familiar with the different extracts and their different effects. Um, But I think it's a little bit different when you talk about the whole mushroom because, these studies are done with very, very high quantity supplementation or they're done with the concentrated extracts. And um, it really points to, as a whole food, something that can be potentially extremely beneficial, right? Providing us with a variety of different phytochemicals and useful fibers that potentially can be beneficial in unique ways that we can't actually get from other vegetables and fruits. When you start getting into, and and I'll talk about this um, next, we start getting into some of the details of what some of these mushrooms or mushroom extracts can do to the immune system, you start to go like, oh, maybe taking huge doses of concentrated forms Maybe this is something that should at least be done under medical supervision. Um, and I, I think it's because really most of the data that we have to date is in cancer. And what's happening in the immune system in cancer is almost the opposite of what's happening to the immune system in allergic diseases or autoimmune diseases. So in cancer, the part of the immune system that's overactive is actually – the regulatory aspect or the suppressing aspect. So the part that actually, you know, doesn't let all of the effector cells go out and do their jobs of attacking viruses or bacteria or whatever. Um, And one of the jobs of the immune system is to detect cells that have undergone a transformation into a cancerous cell and kill those cells. So when that part of the immune system is being suppressed, it can't do its job. So you also, you know, would see something like increased susceptibility to infection would be a side effect. And then in autoimmune disease, you have the opposite. So the regulatory aspects of the immune system are underactive and the attacking arms are overactive. What's different between autoimmune disease and immune or allergic disease, right? Something like asthma is an autoimmune disease, there's also this added piece of a targeted attack. But basically, in all of those cases, you have the regulatory aspects of the immune system underactive and the attacking aspects of the immune system are all overactive and cells in the human body end up being sort of the innocent bystanders. 
So in cancer, one of the things that can be super therapeutic and beneficial is uh, suppressing the regulatory aspects of the immune system and stimulating the attacking aspects of the immune system. So we know that a variety of mushrooms, so reishi, cordyceps, maitake, and turkey tail have been best studied, that they're all able to boost the immune system's ability to detect and kill cancerous cells. And again, I want to emphasize that there are no clinical trials that have shown that any medicinal mushroom can cure cancer, um, but this might help increase the uh, effectiveness of other treatments. Um, and it's done through, like, they, they really have specifics on exactly what cell types are activated. So type 1 helper T cells, B cells, macrophages, dendritic cells, natural killer cells are all cells that are activated by these mushrooms in the case of cancer. So if you're somebody with autoimmune disease, you see that and you go, well, those are all the cell types that are already overactive in me. Clearly, I don't want to eat any of these mushrooms or at least take their, you know, take them in supplement or, or um, uh, you know, extract form because those cells are already super overactive. And there are some other mushrooms that could drive TH2 instead of TH1. So that's one of the reasons why medicinal mushrooms were used in like the old fashioned uh, immune balancing protocols back in the days when we thought TH1 and TH2 were the only <laughs> helper T cell types. We now know there's like tons of others. Um, so there's a, you'll often see on websites as you're looking for information on medicinal mushrooms, there'll be little warnings. People with autoimmune disease shouldn't consume these. But here's where the information has really changed in the last couple of years, because just in the last couple of years, there's been more studies that have started to look at uh, the effects on the immune system in other situations, because the, some of the traditional uses of these mushrooms include things like helping you to fight off a virus. Some of the traditional uses include things that sound like, you know, improving, you know, they're improving energy. Um, it sounds like, or they're reducing inflammation, right? It sounds like it could be beneficial in autoimmune disease. So this is what's cool. There is now some preliminary emerging evidence that mushroom extracts are not just immune stimulators. So they stimulate the immune system in beneficial ways in cancer, but that in general, they're immune modulators. So they can actually... Um, help the immune system work better and be more balanced. So they can actually, um, you know, basically whatever part of the immune system is overactive can be brought back into balance with whatever part of the immune system is underactive. And in part, that may be because of the impact on the microbiome. We know the microbiome is critical for immune function. So it may be that all of these great glucans are feeding good gut bacteria. They're helping to restore diversity to the gut microbiome. And it may be purely through a gut microbiome mediated perspective. Or it might be because of the tremendous collection of phytochemicals. So uh, some studies that have looked at individual, right, they're looking at drug development of one particular, right, one particular molecule. Some of those are immune stimulators and some of those are immune suppressors. And it may be that it's the natural collection that's found right in these wonderful, you know, this wonderful nature, right? These mushrooms out of nature. It might be that it's the collection of um, phytochemicals that add up to this effect of being immune modulating rather than specifically immune stimulating. So we've actually got this starting to accumulate evidence that medicinal mushrooms can be used in an underactive immune system and in an overactive immune system and just in a dysfunctional immune system. And so I wanted to just go through one example um, because I didn't want to go through all of the mushrooms. That's I was just being lazy at this point. Um, but I wanted to go through one example, and that's reishi, because reishi has been probably the best studied medicinal mushroom. 
So we know in terms of the immune system, right, it activates natural killer cells, which are one of the cell types that search the body for cancerous cells and help kill cancerous cells. Uh, we know that supplementing can reduce a chance of metastases. That's when cancer spreads to a different part of the body. Um, we know that it has potential benefits. Uh, it's actually been studied in colorectal cancer, lung cancer, prostate cancer, and breast cancer as an adjunct therapy, which means that it's being added on top of a first-line therapy like chemotherapy, and it uh, potentially is doing things like improving survival rate. Um, and generally, it's thought that its primary mode of action is through its impact on the immune system. But it's also been studied in autoimmune disease. So there's only three studies that I could find, uh, two studies in rheumatoid arthritis and one study in a mouse model of lupus. So the studies in rheumatoid arthritis were, were uh, humans and then this one mouse study. But there was some cool information that showed that it didn't actually like increase inflammatory cells or inflammatory cytokines, these chemical messengers of inflammation in patients with rheumatoid arthritis. And in fact, it decreased the amount of one particular cytokine, which is called interleukin-18, which is a very important activator of type 1 helper T cells, which tend to drive autoimmunity. And so in that sense, the impact on the immune system was A, not the same as seen in cancer. So uh, the cells that were are stimulated in cancer were not stimulated in rheumatoid arthritis. And it caused this one change that has the potential to be very, very beneficial. And that also was reflected in uh, decreased uh, reported joint pain in the study participants. So that's some really promising uh, data showing that mu uh, mushrooms could be immune modulating as opposed to immune stimulating. And in this case, they were fed um, or they were given powdered dehydrated uh, reishi mushrooms. So it wasn't an extract. It was uh, a powdered form, which is very similar to a lot of the products that we're um, uh, seeing pop up now. And the mouse study of lupus, there was actually a decrease in measurable uh, autoantibodies. So they showed fewer antibodies uh, lupus antibodies in the mouse model and increased survival of the mice. So again, it's it's not in humans. We always have to take animal studies with a, at least a little bit of a grain of salt. But that's pretty cool information because it is supporting the case for reishi mushrooms, at least, um, to be more immune modulating rather than immune stimulating. So there's obviously the need for more future research. This did not make me want to go out and start taking reishi mushrooms. Um, but it did make me, I think, not as leery um, of, of mushroom extracts. So, you know, we can sort of summarize all of this in there's a lot of ways we can benefit from eating more mushrooms. And it's important to sort of emphasize here that like regular old mushrooms do have a lot of these health benefiting properties. Um, just eating more mushrooms in general, you're going to get those phytochemicals, also beneficial vitamins and minerals. Uh, you're going to get those good types of fiber. There's, you know, obviously medicinal mushrooms have all of these additional, you know, qualities, but, you know, just, you know, oyster mushrooms and shiitake mushrooms, which you can get in any old grocery store, they all have some good studies showing that eating more of them can be very, very beneficial. And it's not likely that eating whole mushrooms is going to be getting to the types of doses that are seen in these studies where people are having these really you know, potent changes in their immune function. Um, and even still... Like if if that's the desired effect, um, you know, taking medicinal mushrooms as a supplement uh, or taking a double extraction medicinal mushroom extract as a supplement might be really helpful for a lot of people. The science is there, there's not um, as many human studies as would be ideal, um, but it's it's a growing body of scientific literature that is quite compelling. Um, and I would definitely recommend though, talk to a healthcare provider that knows your medical history. Um, even if it's, you know, taking some medicinal mushroom tea, 
you know, if, if you're somebody who has a history of autoimmune disease or chronic illness, I think running it past a healthcare provider makes all the sense in the world. Um, and monitor yourself for reactions. So one of the things that we know is uh, with medicinal mushrooms, a, a lot of the studies show the effects build over the first month. So you start, there are some uh, initial effects, especially like the adaptogenic uh, ones, you'll have immediate, you'll, you'll notice an immediate change, right, in terms of your mood and your energy levels, uh, in terms of effects and uh, like inf uh, effects on inflammation, or um, some of them can impact hormones, like cordyceps can impact uh, testosterone production, um, that those types of effects will build over a month of, of regular consumption. So my suggestion, because there's so many medicinal mushrooms, their properties are all a little bit different, some of them are better at certain things than others. Um, and it definitely changes whether you're talking about mushrooms as a whole mushroom versus mushrooms as a powdered supplement versus a mushroom extract is um, know that it's complex um, and that uh, talking to a medical provider before taking it is probably advisable. So I was really hoping that you were just going to say... Yes or no? <laughs> I mean, I know, I know better than to expect that. Honestly, what I thought you were going to say is vegetables are good for you. If you want to add it to your coffee, fine. But all of these claims aren't substantiated. So I am shocked looking at the pages of notes that we'll have, seven pages of notes for our listeners in the show notes. If you're looking for any of the scientific references, we've been putting all these detailed notes um, in those show notes, which you can find on the paleomom.com or realeverything.com for our show notes. Um, I guess what's interesting to me uh, is how very beneficial these are, um, even as a whole food source beyond just the regular vegetable benefits. Um, I mean, you know, vegetables are antioxidants, and so I would expect to see that they can be helpful towards cancer prevention, but not necessarily um, once you have one and, and all the healing and immune modulation or however, we're not exactly sure what it's doing, but it's doing something to help. Um, so I'm, I'm stalling a little bit because I'm trying to get to the point of craving mushrooms with beef is this this is a thing with not just me but like regular people right i love mushrooms on my burgers and i love mushrooms with steak and i'm wondering how much my body is indicating that the beneficial properties of mushroom offset the carcinogenic properties of beef. And I know I'm extrapolating this in a different way than where you kind of took it with um, health in general, but I'm, I'm always interested in the kind of biomechanics of your body intuitively knowing a lot of the stuff that you've brought up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, I don't think that I have, a good answer for that other than, you know, we mushrooms are a really good source of umami. It's a flavor enhancer. And it may just be that the way that it enhances the flavor of beef is super delicious because I also love that combination. Um, I'm but trying it to might, take it up a level, Sarah. I know, I know you're trying to go to like we intuitively like to consume things, but I have not seen any science that would show um, – that mushrooms would have a, you know, we know that the vegetable consuming vegetables with red meat is really, really important for mitigating the um, mechanisms that can be triggered in a high meat, low vegetable diet that can increase risk of cancer. There's nothing that I've seen in the literature that would show that mushrooms do that better than a salad or, or a different vegetable. Um, but I mean, that would be a possible explanation. I just haven't seen any science to back it up. All right, fine. Well, I'm not going to drink my, a mushroom coffee. And for those of you drinking it, comment on the show notes and in social media and tell us if you've seen an improvement in things like 
it says autoimmune disease studies with RA show um, decrease in joint pain. Well, that's useful information for me. <laughs> if, that's, <laughs> if that's working for you, please let me know. Um, I just, I, I, I have a hard time with fads. And I think that's why I'm kind of struggling with it is it feels like a fad to me. Um, and so what I do take away from this show is that adding more mushrooms to my diet and life is going to be great. And I think, like you said, it has such umami. I don't know why we don't eat more of it. I think it's just kind of difficult to prepare. Like if you wash it, it gets spongy. And so the process of cleaning off the dirt with a dry rag is kind of a pain in the butt. Um, But if you're buying high quality mushrooms from a farm with good dirt, Sarah would argue it's good for you, I'm sure. All that probiotic material in the organic matter. So I just brush off the big pieces. <laughs> That's totally what I anticipated you saying. Like, <laughs> just eat the dirt, Stacy. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, okay. Well, great. Thanks for digging into the science <laughs> on this. I really genuinely thought you were just not going to come to this many scientific conclusions, which is, it's always interesting to me that some of the most lighthearted, like, huh, Sarah, what do you think about this becomes a complex topic. Um, and you have wonderful patience with me when I have no idea what I'm asking. I mean, <laughs> I, I knew right from the beginning, it was going to be a complex topic. So uh, this one didn't surprise me, but, um, but I was, you know, I hadn't looked up a lot of this research since writing the paleo approach. So the studies done in autoimmune disease um, were more recent than the paleo approach. And that was interesting to me. I don't think it's enough to change the recommendations in the paleo approach, which is to avoid medicinal mushroom extracts unless it's specifically, you know, recommended for your situation by a very savvy practitioner. Um so I don't, I don't think it's compelling enough to change that, but it does, I think, change the overall thinking. It does make the question of medicinal mushrooms for autoimmune disease a much more of a sort of gray area. And that to me is really interesting because that's, that's new information that we didn't know four years ago. So um, I'm looking forward to reading more studies as, they, as they're being performed. All right, friends. Well, again, if you are loving your mushrooms, let us know. I am not being paid to endorse this, but Nom Nom Paleo's magic mushroom powder might be something that you want to just start adding to everything in your life. So who knows (laughs) how you're feeling? (laughs) And I will let you know. I I guarantee you I'm not going to eat more mushrooms, but I'm going to try. It's a good vegetable. It can, uh, it can be added I, to things. On my grocery list every week. If you enjoyed this week's The Paleo View, please give us some love, either an iTunes review or share it with a friend or comment on social media. We love hearing from you and we love when you share us with people you love. And as always, thank you for tuning in to The Paleo View. We will be back again next week. And I haven't submitted any weird questions to Sarah. (laughs) So if you have some funky topics, let me know. Turn them in now so I can (laughs) get my research going. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Like, find yourself dancing to the Skype ringtone. I was totally just bopping my head. Because <laughs> that's exactly what happened. I was like, do, do, do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a catchy tune. It's charming for sure. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.